Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm Ian Riccoboni. I'm joined by Steve Carino. Hello. It's so weird, like, sitting next to you, actually, doing the podcast instead of the the comfort of our home offices. Right. Yeah. We're live in New York from Terminal 5. We're here as part of the War of the Worlds tour with Ring of Honor. And a huge night of action, Ring of Honor stars and New Japan stars uh, doing battle. But we have some baseball business to take care of. The Phillies... Uh, they're closing in on first place, and they, shocking the world. Right at twenty-one and fifteen as of Saturday. You know, remember I, I put that bet in for over sixty-seven wins. I am like almost one third of the <laughs> way there. You know, in the middle of May, like absolutely amazing. And I, I you know, we don't want to brag, right. but we called it. We we have called it so far. So uh, I'm I'm pretty proud of this team. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, if uh, longtime Phillies Nation podcast listeners will remember, Steve correctly identified that the Phillies would go exactly 14 and 10. Uh, I don't know if you got to do your victory lap, Steve. I think our last episode was right before the official end of the month. When they had that tough stretch against the Nationals. Oh, it sure did. Like, and, you know, looking at the schedule, I thought that, you know, they would do way better against Cincinnati than they did uh, to start the season. But then we, we we saw them, you know, flutter a little bit in the beginning and then just explode. And then it's carried over to this month. Yeah. And some of the highlights, I mean, of course, the pitching has real, really helped the Phillies stay toward the top of the NL East. Uh, their season best, six over 500. Um, and it's certainly the story has been some of the starters as well as the bullpen, which coming into the season was a perceived weakness. They're thirteen and three, Steve. You brought this stat up: thirteen and three in one-run games. Absolutely, thirty-six games into the season, and they are thirteen and three in one-run games, eight in a row. <laughs> and it's just amazing. They are playing such good small ball that it's so much fun to watch because I think we're at that point where. We don't expect anything out of this team. We, we didn't. We, we don't expect anything out of this team for the next few years. And that we're just enjoying this run. You, you listen to MLB Network Radio, and they'll say, well, the Phillies are the worst over 500 team. But I don't think that's true because, you know, you can write down all the statistics you want and all the analysts and stuff. But at the end of the day, chemistry and the will to 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 win is it could play out. And it, not that it reminds me of the 93 team as much as like as the Scrappers. This is a team that's playing good, fundamental baseball and capitalizing on mistakes by the other team, mm-hmm. but then not letting their mistakes, like in, in Friday, or Friday night's game, right. you know, an error that gets uh, two unearned runs uh, across or down to nothing, they didn't let it bother them, and then they capitalized on any of the Reds' mistakes. And, and go ahead and win. That bullpen's been great. Yeah. The young starters have been amazing. And uh, what about your boy Tommy Joseph getting oh, called out? So, yeah, that's, you know, Tommy Joseph is an interesting guy. He's struggled with concussions and injuries and things like that. Um, you know, I almost had the chance to talk to him in, in 2013 when he was first called up to the Iron Pigs. But uh, some timing issues, uh, I'll leave it at that, uh, prevented that. But uh, he seems like a guy. He recently did an interview with Philly.com. Uh, where he seems humble, he seems focused, um, kind of looks like the older brother from the Wonder Years, Jason Hervey. He sure does. Uh, I saw your tweet about <laughs> it. I loved it. Also, he kind of looks like uh, when uh, Bill Murray was in Ghostbusters, which... <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't think of that. I, yeah. I definitely picked out Jason Hervey. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, I'm kind of curious to see what the ramifications of, of this move are, because as we move forward, Ryan Howard... Uh, 
he's not doing well. It's not a big secret. Darren Ruff was doing even worse. Mm. Uh, Ryan Howard's hitting 176, uh, 243 on base percentage. He does have eight home runs, uh, but if the season ended today, he'd have the second worst single season batting average in the history, the 130 year plus history of the Phillies. Um, so, which is insane because the guy that I'm looking at your your fan graphs uh, thing here, the guy that is the worst, Charlie Bastine, in 1885 was the worst. So yeah. like Ryan Howard would like just going over the top ten, the, the only one close, number nine. The 2003 Pat Burrell, like it's just, yeah. and it's just a shame that it's come to that. I know Ryan Howard's got eight home runs, but man, it's just he's not producing, and it, it makes you wonder with the with the calling up of Tommy Joseph, is this the end for Ryan? Howard? Right, because the right-handed always it's always the case where the right-handed end of the platoon always gets the lesser amount of playing time, and we saw that with Darren Ruff, obviously. And I'm wondering now if Ruff would have delivered, would have Ruff continued to siphon away the playing time from Howard and and I'm asking myself the same question now with Tommy Joseph with the batting average as low as it is for Howard with the on-base percentage as low as it is with the defense as shaky as it is uh, he missed a, a hard hit but fieldable ball the other night um, you know is this a signal that they're willing to give Joseph a shot to win first base because you need him to develop or you'd like to give him the chance to develop and hitting on the wrong end of the platoon as a 24-year-old might not be the best thing to do. We saw that with Don Brown. when Don Brown was very young, and, and he got limited playing time, and I think that kind of hurt his development. So I'm wondering, Steve, if this is maybe a an audition, and if Howard start, continues to struggle, maybe he's the... He's the bat off the bench, and Tommy Joseph becomes the starter here. And yeah, and that's that's the the crazy thing. Or is it that they are quietly shopping Howard for, you know, a couple cents on the dollar? You know, he's got twenty five million dollars this year, ten million dollar buyout for two thousand seventeen. You know, so you got you, you have thirty five million dollars that is invested into Ryan Howard, mm-hmm. no matter what. But when you're striking out 32.2% of the time yeah. and it doesn't look like it's getting better, you know, he, at his age, his bat speed, his, his eye just getting worse and worse. And this early into the season, you know, 34 games, 115 plate appearances, and you're striking out 32% of the time, like what can happen next? And yeah. I hate it because I love Ryan Howard. I right. love what he did going down the the spring training, I, I I called it the Legends Pop. Like right. they knew he was done, but they mm-hmm. gave him that respect anyway. They gave him that respect when I went to Citizens Bank Park in April. Yeah. So, what's going to be next for Ryan Howard? Can can he be a DH in the American League for a team that that needs somebody, or maybe somebody off the bench, or do you just cut ties? And, yeah. and, and it's just it's hard to do with a guy that contributed so much to the, that golden era of, of Phillies baseball. You want to show them that respect. And, but on the other hand, Carlos Ruiz mm-hmm. is the opposite, thinking like this is going to be his last year. He has has really gone above and beyond what we we put, you know thought he was going to do. He's getting some extra time off, yeah. which I, I think has been really good for him. So it's it's been interesting, and it just it's it's a sad you know the 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 business of baseball. You know mm-hmm. it's. You don't want to see your heroes and the guys that you grew up watching get old and and lose. You know that that uh, that not the will to play, but the, the ability to play. Because you, you 
you want to remember Ryan Howard for hitting 56, 58 home runs. So, Absolutely. But, like, you know, look, look at Carlos Ruiz just doing well. Yeah, he's hitting 291, 371 on base percentage. Uh, of course, limited playing time. But, you know, the other half of that tandem, Cameron Rupp, he's doing pretty well, too. He's definitely doing better than I expected. And the catching has not been a liability. And it's interesting, when is this pair going to get credit for some of the development that's happening with some of these young arms? Because you look up and down the pitching staff, and uh, these guys are striking out hitters left and right and are certainly one of the biggest contributing factors uh, to their success right now. I mean, uh, in pitching, the entire pitching staff is second in the National League and third in majors in strikeouts per nine innings pitch. Um, and then the starters, just the starters, are second, and then second in uh, walks per nine innings pitch. So they're striking almost everybody out. They're walking almost nobody. And, you know, Aaron Nola and Vince Velasquez have really start, sort of developed that star quality. Uh, some of those pitches look unhittable. Oh, they sure do. And, they, you know, even not getting the run support that they deserve, but that's going to come. Like, yeah. eventually that's going to come with... Maybe 2017 with free agents. Uh, you know, I, right. I'm a big, I'm a big believer that Joey Bats will be <laughs> a Philly. And you know what? Like, just on a uh, before I go back to my my Ruiz thing, but you're talking about Joey Bats. Like, he has to look at a team like the Phillies that are scrapping all these wins, playing their heart out, and think like, man, wouldn't I want to play for a team like this? Wouldn't I want to be part of this? Maybe this rebuild isn't going to be five years. It could be next year. Yeah. But here, here's a little scenario we talk about you know, maybe giving Howard away, like it's time for him to go. But would you even consider signing Ruiz to a, like a, maybe a uh, incentive-laced contract for 2017 to where he's maybe a third catcher, a backup first baseman, and more of a, maybe a coach, you know, like he's going to help these kids out because look at what he did for, you know, Cole Hamels. Look what Mm -hmm. he did for, for all these young pitchers in, the early part of uh, the 2000s. So yeah. I, I think Carlos Ruiz has kind of like eased into that. Well, I'm going to be a backup. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this. I'm going to help out uh, Cameron Rupp. I'm going to help out the pitching staff. And he's he's accepted this role, and, he, and he's excelling. Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the ERAs and some of the, the eye-popping strikeout numbers, you know, Aaron Nola, he's a 313 ERA, which on the surface is pretty good. If you look at the, the stat, though, FIP, which is Fielding Independent Pitching, uh, if you put him with a, a league average or better defense, that number goes down to 231. So that gives you an idea of what Aaron Nola is dealing. Uh, same thing with Vince Velasquez. Vinny from Philly, 270 ERA, 2.68 FIP. You know, and those two guys at the top of the rotation are just anchoring what's turning out to be a deep, deep group. Um, right now, Jared Eikhoff is struggling a little bit. Uh, but again, we saw some flashes of brilliance at the end of last year, beginning of, of this year. Um, Adam Morgan, he's pitching at about a league average clip, but he's definitely had some value. And we had that stellar outing from Hellickson uh, on Friday night. The two earned runs were the unearned runs, rather, were the only blemish in an otherwise great night. Um, you mentioned, you know, the question you threw out was, do I think, you know, an incentive-laden contract with Carlos Ruiz would be a good idea. To me, that comes down to Andrew Knapp. Yes. And right now with Lehigh Valley, he's struggling a little bit. Um, he is only 24, but he's hitting 239 uh, with four homers, and uh, he's got three doubles. So the power seems to be there, but that jump from double A AA to triple A, 
uh, might have been a little bit bigger than maybe we anticipated. That being said, you know, he's a guy who reportedly his defense is getting a little better each game, uh, learning to call a game better. I'm wondering, though, if we have something, you know, better than we thought, though, with Cameron Rupp, especially, you know, leading this pitching staff, because I have some more stats for you, Steve. Um, the bullpen, you know, everybody's kind of giving them grief. Well, the overall ERA of the pitching staff, you know, it's it's in the high threes. But if you take out uh, Brett Oberholzer, James Russell, and Daniel Stump, it goes down to 325. If you take the bullpen's ERA and take those three guys out, it goes down to 237. Uh, and that's amazing because no one would have ever expected that. You know, when they're putting together the the uh, cyber metrics for the year and the analysis, they're not thinking that this team is going to do that. They're, they're thinking this team is going to be be a hundred loss team. And, yeah. You know, and it just shows the heart. I think it, it's got a lot to do with Bob McClure, Pete McCannon, you know, the belief in the players, you know, having them believe in themselves. And where it's the opposite with the Atlanta Braves, where like they've basically admitted defeat already, right. and, and the Phillies, like it, you almost believe that they believe that you know what we could win this thing if we really could, really, and yeah. that's a great attitude to have because. They're only going to get better. Absolutely. Uh, you know, fundamentally, they're only going to get better with more power. When you know, Franco's still kind of quiet with seven home runs. Yeah. What What happens when he explodes during the summer? What uh, Herrera's just been on fire. You yeah. can't tell me he's not an All Star today. <laughs> yeah. Three thirty one, four forty five, four forty nine, triple slash. He's doing it all. Keep in mind, this is only his second year in center field. Yeah, and just he, his second year. It's and incredible. He's a Rule Five draft. Yeah, you know, uh, you know. Uh, once again, the Phillies picked up. You know, the, my favorite one, Shane Victorino, was the the Rule Five mm-hmm. uh, pickup. But like Herrera, and the thing I was watching the game last night in North Carolina, and I said, "Man, Duval Herrera looks so confident up there when he's batting." Oh and, yeah. Uh, you know, he's not walking as much as I would want him to, but he's getting on base and he's doing it. I mean, a 445 well, on base percentage yeah, is just, it's crazy. Well, it, if we go back to spring training, um, one of the things that, you know, we left we left March and we said, what are you, what's the key to success for you in April? And we both had different answers. One of mine was, I'd like to see Odubel Herrera walk. Uh, he ended April as among the league leaders in, in walks at that point after having zero in spring training yeah. so I mean and that might be my favorite Phillies thing so far is the way he celebrates when he walks yes. he does yeah, the fist pump he does it. Yeah. and as he should and I'm wondering you know as we as we move on um, as we move on through the years if that's going to be something that we um, you know we see kind of become commonplace with the incorporation and acceptance of sabermetrics are are people going to celebrate walks that enthusiastically I, I, I in the future? I think so because or? you know he's scoring runs, he's getting yeah. on base, he's he, you know he's he's not dumb on the on the base pass, you know especially yeah. you know in, his, in basically his second full season, you know play, as an everyday player. Right. I mean this is this is a guy that he's a gamer and you you throw him in there and you know I, I look at this team and I say man there's so many good things that are happening, so many positive things happening. There there's really no negatives in so. And, yeah, I no, mean negatives yeah. to a point, you know. Right, all so, the culture isn't doing as well as I was hoping. You know, stumping his East German steroids. Yeah, and well, we'll get back to that. That's on my agenda in the general baseball <laughs> round. But the the one thing that did catch my eye, um, base running. So 
it's you know there's two teams in baseball that actually have a sub 500 stolen base success rate. Um, the Phillies are not one of them, but they're very very close. They only have one. They're positive one in terms of stolen bases versus caught stealings. Um, we've seen Herrera be successful on the base pass. Borges has been a little disappointing. It took him until Friday, uh, May 13th, to get his first stolen base. Which is amazing for a guy with his uh, his ability. And I saw on the graphic that it was his first stolen base since July of last season. Like, right. That, that's crazy that a guy like that's not using his, his legs. Yeah, that's his calling card, too. And, you know, we've seen some blunders from Cesar Hernandez on the base pass, who at times looks like he's falling asleep out there Yes, uh, when he does get on base. So... You know, that might be my key for June. If I had to pick one, I know we're only in the middle of May, but if I had to look forward to the end of this month and through June, I think that's one small way that they could get very, very good at quickly in terms of uh, improving. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, those are little fixes. You know, it's right. going to be picking out what they need to do to um you know, to, to be successful on the base pass. And the same thing with defense. You know, that's going to come. Yeah. Well, let's take it to uh, overall Philly success. So do you think that this is sustainable? Or I won't even say through the end of the season. Let's take it maybe all-star break. Do you think they'll still be in contention uh, toward the all-star break? If the season ended today, uh, they'd be two games out of first place. Uh, but I believe they currently would, would hold the wild card, the second wild card, I would actually play the Mets. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, they would play the Mets, and uh, the Phillies have a minus 26 run differential. Right, that's insane. That they, they, you know, and Pittsburgh, you know, is is two games out of the wild card right now, and so is Los Angeles Dodgers and, and the Cardinals. Is the second wild card obtainable? Probably not. But anything is possible. I don't. No one saw this team twenty-one and fifteen on May fourteenth. You know, yeah. no one. No, and maybe me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you were very bullish. On I, I am because I, I look at the schedule and I think about like these. They're beating the bad teams and yeah. and they're sticking with the good teams. Yeah. And, and you know, the Nationals are going to get better. The Mets are going to get better. The you know the the Marlins are going to always be tough and, and mm-hmm. be in that mix. But if they win against the Marlins and they win against the Nationals and they stay close, I mean, win against the and they stick close to the right. Nationals. Maybe even if it's seven and twelve, and they go nine and ten against the Mets, mm-hmm. this team is going to, to to stick in there with a realistic eighty-one and eighty-one. Maybe it's wow. seventy-eight, eighty-three. Yeah. I don't know, but it's definitely not going to be sixty-seven. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's kind of in line with our original predictions. I mean, you, you, I believe your prediction uh, was about eighty-one and eighty-one, or, yes. or close to it, and you're sticking with that. Mine was about seventy-four, seventy-five. Um, when I look at this team, I see areas that they can improve in, but I also see areas that um, they should be better at. So I'm, I'm really, really torn because I look at the offense. I go up and down the lineup. Do I think Herrera is this good? I'm leaning toward no, but I'm willing to consider it. Um, I think, you know, when you look at Franco, I think Franco's going to get better. I think his approach is going to get better. I think he's going to be a better player than he is right now. Um, Blanco's been a super sub. That's been pretty cool. Uh, Galvis at shortstop, I actually think he'll get a tick better. Uh, right now he's hitting 231. Uh, he's got four home runs, uh, two steals. He might get a little bit better. Um, Hernandez is probably what you get. Mm-hmm. So he's you're probably going to get the same Cesar Hernandez hitting 263, 310 on base. Um, 
you know, I think you're going to get an improvement from first base. And I think left and right field, whether it's Goodell and Borges or any combination of that and David Lowe, I mean, they can't hit 180 forever. So no, no. So. and, and I, I still believe it. And I said it early in the, in our podcast, uh, in our archives. I still don't believe that Freddie Galvis will be a Philly on August 1st. I, wow. I believe that this is a, you know, if he can showcase and get up to 255, I, I believe that he's going to be on a different team, and that's going to bring maybe one or two players back to to the Phillies. Yeah. So, you know, and, and then J.P. Crawford would co- would come Whoa. up and be the future. <laughs> you know. I, Cesar Hernandez, you know, I, I'm okay with him not being great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at, at 263, he's not that bad either. Yeah, he's not really hurting the team, and defensively he's holding his own. Uh, Scott Kingery is a guy I have my eye on. He's been starting yeah. uh, in Clearwater. He's been doing well. Uh, very, you know, prototypical leadoff guy. He was their second-round pick last year. I don't think he'll be in the majors this year at all. You know, obviously he's still pretty young. But maybe next year? Maybe yeah. Cesar uh, gets bumped a little bit? But, um, and I think something we could agree upon, and maybe the fans that that listen to the Phillies Nation podcast, the future is definitely bright. Oh man, between Zach Eflin, uh, Lively. I mean, we we'll go. We'll have a special prospects edition at some point. But it, just some incredible numbers. There's so much to be excited about. I'd like to give a shout out to Jay Floyd on philliesnation.com who gets a lot of these exclusive interviews. Uh, he gets you know great statistical analysis with minor leagues. Keeps you up to date with that. Um, I mean, Cam Perkins is is doing all right down there. And then, you know, a lot of sluggers. I mean, it's just kind of coming out of nowhere. A lot to be excited about. One thing that scares me is, you know, we're getting crunched for time here in uh, Terminal 5. Uh, I think one thing that scares me, though, is, is the bullpen. And I don't mean from a performance standpoint. I mean, from a usage standpoint. Yes, absolutely. I agree with At you there. At this point, Janmar Gomez is on pace for 63 saves in 90, 9 appearances. Uh, Hector Neris is on pace for 94 appearances. That would break uh, Kent Tilkovey's record and shatter it. <laughs> right, and, which, and it's a different era, too. Like, it, it's ridiculous to think that Gomez and, and Nurse are going to do 90 and 94 appearances. I mean, in the 70s and 80s, when you when you had 75, 80, 90 appearances, you, you were a workhorse. Now right. it's, oh my goodness, you know, we're being reckless with the arms. So, mm-hmm. But who knows, with, with these guys, with the with Aaron Nola getting stronger and, and, right. and, and Vinny from Philly getting stronger and, and, and uh, Hellickson, if he throws like he did uh, on Friday night, yeah, you know maybe these guys are going to go seven innings uh, well, yeah. a lot, and we can preserve that bullpen for the the dog days of August and September. Well, I think that's that's one thing I'd like to see Pete McCannon do more is trust some of his lesser middle relievers. I'd like to see uh, Hinojosa uh, get some more opportunities. I know they are kind of hard on him early because he blew the save in in Cincinnati. Uh, you know. Maybe Andrew Bailey steps up a little more. He's been doing well early on. Uh, Colton Murray is kind of a name that, that snuck in there again this sure year, did, just yeah. like he did last year. Um, they're going to need to rely on somebody because to continue to win these close games, like we saw in 08, that was a staple of that team. I'm not saying this is the 08 Phillies, but they had about four or five guys deep that they could trust to pitch in the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that they... They found the two guys. They found Gomez and Neris, who has one of the most unhittable, you know, sinker, uh, split split fingers rather, in baseball. 
Uh, but then, you know, there's David Hernandez. and uh, So even Hernandez is being used at a ridiculous clip. I mean, he's got 15 appearances already this year. So. And, and a 13.22, you know, strikeouts per nine innings. Which, yeah. You know, I saw him in, in spring training. I was just like, oh, man, like. He, this guy was having a hard time getting the ball over the the you know the plate, but you know his walks per nine is two point seven six. So yeah, yeah, this, this team is just a lot of fun. That's the best way yeah. to describe it. There's so much fun. Absolutely, and you know, so I think I don't know, Steve. I think they'll. I, looking at the schedule, they had they have the uh, the Reds, the Marlins, and the Braves. I I don't see any reason why they can't end this homestand. Higher than six games above five hundred. Absolutely right. You know, if, if they got to beat up on the Braves. Yep. You know, if they take two or three from the Marlins. Uh, you know, the the Reds going into Saturday night are two and eleven on the road. They got to take advantage yeah. of that. You know, make them two and thirteen by the end of this homestand. Yeah. And you know, they could have an eight and one homestand, and then they're just looking even better and better. It, but they got to beat up on the bad teams. They got to mm-hmm. stick with the the okay teams, and they got to. I mean, they got to beat the the good teams, but the great teams, they got to just stick with them. Yeah. Show that they aren't going to be somebody that's going to be pushed over. Well, we have the, the history-making Cubs coming up. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, and I know they're coming up very soon. That's going to be a dangerous team. That's when you need a guy. Like, you know, we, I gave him grief in the beginning of the year, but that's when Charlie Morton, the Charlie Mortons of the world, become very important. Because in the games where you're losing three, you know, three one, six two. That's when you got to let that starting pitcher go deep into the game so you can get to your guys like your Baileys, like your Murrays, um, Elvis Arajos, that, yep. those kind of guys. So, you know, maybe Alec Asher, who's been tearing it up in Lehigh Valley, oh, yeah. if, if there's an injury, or, you know, maybe he comes up and is a long man instead of Oberholzer at some point. And yeah, that's a name that I like. But, you know, limited success in the majors last year to, to be kind. But, uh, but it's a different team this year. It you know? is this different team environment. Is, is, they're not giving up. No. So, you know, Steve, we got to get to we got to get to wrestling. We but, do. We do. <laughs> we could talk baseball all night. We could. But uh, we'd like to thank everybody for uh, checking out the Phillies Nation podcast, Steve. You want to tell everybody how they can keep in touch with you? On the Twitter, you can get me at King Carino. Also, uh, my Facebook fan page, uh, facebook.com slash King Carino. And my website, worldofcarino.com. Yeah, and uh, I'm at Ian Riccoboni. And, uh, you know, you can look for me. This year, Phillies Nation is focusing on a film project instead of pursuing Phillies Nation TV. Uh, but I have some exciting news. I might be appearing on some Comcast broadcasting in the very, very near future. So... You might get to see a little bit more of me. I, in the, I can't in the, wait. I in the can't Philadelphia wait. Area. And don't forget your book. Yeah, 100 Greatest Phillies of All Time. Uh, you know, Chooch, he's making a case to move up a couple spots here in the twilight of his career. So I might have to to re-up that. Or, or, right. or are you going to have to revisit it? Revisit right. it, yeah, and make make everybody shell out 1999 again to buy it. Smart businessman. There you Thanks. go. Thanks, Chooch. Thanks, Chooch. Yeah, well... For Steve Carino, this is Ian Riccoboni here at Terminal 5 in the Big Apple. Uh, We'll talk baseball with you next time.